is up, everybody? I am Ant. I'm joined by my good friend and co-host. Introduce yourself, my friend. This is Tyler Peters. I am the mouth of the South, and I'm happy to be with you, Ant, on the Uncensored Wrestling Podcast. So let's dive in to Raw as War, shall we, my friend? Dive right on in like a swimming pool. It is July, June, it's July. I need to go home. It's June 8th, 1998. So it is. I mean, pools. we're going back to the summer, so that works. Yeah, you know, so what if it's September? It's still June to us because that's that's the month of Raw. So We're it is quantum summer. leaping this shit. We are quantum leap is back and and we know how to step up our games, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, children of all ages. You got that right. Wrestling podcast is proud to bring to you the attitude news. We because we bring the attitude right in. I mean, we are all about that intensity. I mean, if you ever needed entertainment, excitement, uh, we've got it for you. Yeah, we got a lot of that. A lot, a lot of a lot of excitement. And, sure. I'm, I'm raising the roof. I'm doing the fist. Like I'm, I'm a tough. I love guy. how you can see my dog sometimes in the camera. Friends wow. with the dog because I'm gonna have two that are probably gonna attack me because I've shut the door. I have to put a hamper in front of my door, or my golden doodle will attack me yeah. out of love, not, not meanness. Uh, she's wonderful. Totally... She, they're actually big wrestling fans, so she might suplex me. Boy, what a video insight that would be! My goodness, dude, she's invested in this whole entire conversation, man. See, she's engaged. What a loyal listener and supporter well, are dogs. They, our dogs. I mean, are animals are nice. wonderful. And that just shows you're a great talker. You know how to steer the conversation. And I just come in with my one sense, not two cents, but one sense. Yeah. I mean, there you go. I know. I, I never was good at mathematics. I mean, that's why I said the one. I didn't make it to two or four. Or three, two, four, three and a half. Six, eight, That's the eight, countdown. Eight. Yeah, I appreciate we appreciate Ant. We appreciate you, the listeners. And uh, this is one of the greatest shows in the world, the Attitude Years, Attitude Era. And it's all thanks to the Italian Stallion Ant here. Yo, thank you for that, dude. I wasn't ready for that, but. Uh, you are. Hey, Sylvester Stallone, eat your heart out. We got the real Italian Stallion right here. Not Rocky Balboa, it's Ant. It is. These people, there's no other option. And there's no filter on this show. That's what <laughs> it's people are I mean, we, we love it. We, it's spontaneity. It's all about the, uh, the rawest war. I mean, yeah. it, it's what the vision Vince McMahon wanted for podcast. And you are the mouth of the South, right? So, so you. Uh... Well, yeah, Jimmy Hart technically is, but he said I could have it. He's like, sure, kid. You know, there's a tiki bar for you. I actually stole from another podcast. They they gave me that name, and I'm not worthy. But I thought gimmick infringement. I know there's going to be lawyers who cares about this guy from Tennessee, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to go with it, and actually claim I'm a relative of Jimmy Hart, so I can get some royalties. I, well, I'm going to be singing, making up soundtracks for the WWE superstars. I mean, we're going to get money for this thing. This is going to be versatile, Tyler. I'm very versatile. I'm very, uh, my portfolio is full. I've got people, I'm in high demand and, and has uh, been kind enough to let me enjoy the ride, jump on the train. Maybe it's a crazy train, eh, Ozzy Osbourne. We do music, so it's, it can segue. 
Well, yeah, that's crazy. That, yeah, that's how Tyler goes. That's how Ant goes. That's how our dogs go. That's how mm-hmm. mine goes. I love it. Okay, somebody stop me. And I hadn't even had, well, no, I take it back. I did have coffee. I would have lied just then. I did have coffee. Okay. You're going off the rails of a crazy train. Uh, hey, why not? I think we need to get off the rails and jump off of them. Not in a bad way. Let me stop myself, but in a good way. I need to uh, go to bed. I feel like uh, this has been a crazy week. I feel like uh, I'm a Stone Cold Steve Austin having to deal with Vince McMahon every fucking day. Tired as crap. And I'm well, sure hey, I Vince McMahon too. That, that's why this show is going to be great. You just said it. We, we got Stone Cold Steve Austin. We got Vince McMahon. We got patterson briscoe a black tie affair i'll let you break that down I'm, I'm giving away spoilers wait a minute where's paul Heyman when you need him the the wise that man the trouble wrestle buddy is just fucking you up man with all those yeah wrestle buddy is screwing my brain cells but i love it it's like an addictive drug or some kind of caffeine drink but i love it i like <laughs> i love you where's bruce pritchard brother love okay where did that come from? I, I told you. I get told every day, and this is nice. I get told every day by kids, Mr. Anthony, I love you. And I'm like, kid, I'm in the middle of snapping. I love you too, but can we move on? Like, let's, let's go. It's called tough love. I would rather you not bother me, but yeah, let's take a picture. We'll smile, and uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate you. I, I, I Let me pat you on the head and say how much of an angel you are, but yet you really I'm like, upset my not. day. You have really ruined it. But now I'm going to make it like a Hallmark card. Okay? I'm like, dude, the motherfucker come smile at me. You've been, you've been a terrible fuck all day. Come on. Let, let me let me show you a submission hold. And yeah. I'll ask for forgiveness later. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I recommend that. Yeah. Uh, it is wrestling. We, we love all the little children of the world. We do. Uh, well, we believe we the children are our future. Teach them well. Let them lead the way. They are our future. And uh, we've got a lot of future stars on this show. We sure I mean, do. Speaking of stars, uh, this star passed away. The junkyard dog. We opened to a memorial for him. Uh, huge star in the eighties. You know, he started out in with Bill Watts, I think, and then he moved on to WWE. Yep. And so he, you know, he sort of turned this crappy gimmick into money. And um, you know, it's sad he passed away. Oh, he did. It, it, it was very sad. And, and uh, yeah, Junkyard Dog drew a lot of money for uh, the territories. You said it Mid-South. Cowboy Bill Watts was the booker who ran it. That's why JR was so appropriate for doing the narration of the video, because he had that bond, that relationship that was so special with JYD. And he, he made it so big under Vince McMahon later on. So yeah. it was, it's always hard when you have to open up shows, even when they're good like this, because you feel down in that moment but I, i'm glad to say that his legacy and knowing how good this show is going to be lifted up our spirits so that's all i'm going to yeah. add there power to the junkyard mother fucking dog yeah yeah we love you jyd in his memory still one the of the dog. best great still oh yeah the dog house baby terrible but let's go over quick some of the uh happenings of the night we see vince mcmahon and the Stooges being Pat Patterson, Drill Briscoe, they come out dressed in suits. And Vince says, I come before you, a gentleman with caring and sharing in my heart. He goes, you only know the Vince man on TV who's achieved unparalleled success and when necessary will display his Herc- Herculean talent. Tonight, 
I am being rewarded with Humanitarian of the Year of 1998. Joining us for the presentation will be Stone Cold Steve Austin. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Now, when I saw this, I said, isn't it a little bit too early to name the Humanitarian of the Year? I mean, it's like a couple of months in 98. Why is Not it? if you're Vance McMahon, though. Yeah. I mean, he it works if you're Vance, man. If you're VKM, he I love how he endeared himself to the audience. He's been such this villain, and this is one of the great variations you have to have. Seriously, if you're a good heel, a good bad guy. I mean, Vince and the Stooges, Patterson Briscoe was really the black tie affair, and and pandering to the fans saying, I, "I've changed, or at least I'll change for tonight." And Austin can even be invited. I mean, it had all the just great dynamics to it. And uh, I don't know about you, Ant, but I thought the expressions, the way McMahon was all dressed up and, and really uh, was personable to fans. I have to laugh about it because it was yeah. so ingenious for his character. He's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm getting, I'm humanitarian, yo. I have a good heart. I have unparalleled success. I have Herculean talent. That's me. He's I using those big it. words again. Yeah, and he, he's got such a big heart. Vince McMahon is, Jeez. he's a good Samaritan. I mean, Vince McMahon is, uh, I'll tell you, we talked about Hallmark moments. That is McMahon got, he's written all over that. Vince is the kindest person you would ever meet. Uh, he's, a, he's a Christmas angel. It's Vince it is weird, you know, it, it, it's, it's almost like, um, what a, can I just say something? You sure can. This is going to be really random, and it's probably because I'm tired, and it's okay. This is nonsense of us and podcast, so here we go. We lost a lot of fucked up of like people this year, like in the sense of like, okay, my um, <laughs> like where are we going with this? <laughs> my grandma passed. My fiance's grandma passed. Uh, the queen passed away. Betty White passes away. Vince McMahon is gone from the company like all these things a lot of weird things yeah and very a lot sad. Of pivotal you know a lot of pivotal things happen yeah, it's very weird um so whenever i see vince it's it's almost like a um it it's for example for years i say i can't wait till he's done i can't wait till he's done and i and i'm and i'm happy that he but it's it's almost like you're saying goodbye to your childhood you know, because you are, yeah, because yeah. he was such a big part of it. That's why you're doing a podcast having me on. We're yeah. discussing our fandoms. And to see Vince go, that's a representation of the old guard of the old era, which I know a lot of people were excited to see. And I get it, Triple H have a lot of respect for him, but I have a lot of respect uh, myself for Vince McMahon, even if I don't agree with him morally and what he's doing. His mm -hmm. contributions were just undeniable as far as pro wrestling you want to call it sports entertainment what have yeah. you uh that would fit him to a t that would be mr mcmahon 100 percent. i think um you know like again seeing this character of him was just so great and for people who didn't get to experience this live um it's really hard to do it justice you know like when you're you know when you're in that that's all you know it's really cool um yeah, so, it's, yeah. It's hard to unless you've been there like you're saying they experience how well you know these were the live shows during this era for whatever critiques criticisms they get there was a lot of just great things that transpired yeah yeah but it's just like 
Like, um, it was just such a pivotal time, such a good time, a lot of good stuff happening. But let's move on to the first match of the night. We're the king of the ring, first round match. We have the godfather, Kama Mustafa, which I'm happy to see Kama take on this gimmick finally. He has it's about time. Side. Yes, sir. It's about damn time. Uh, and he's taking on the world's strongest man, Ken Shamrock. The nation are sent backstage. And the Godfather nails a running splash in the corner. However, Ken Shamrock gets the win after applying an ankle lock. I didn't take much notes here on this match. Um, but, you know, you kind of, for me, it's interesting. Anytime I watch, um, like, the Smoke and Skull session and I see right. wrestlers compete, I have a newfound respect for Godfather. Um, but this match was sort of just to put over Ken Shamrock, and he will move on to the King of the Ring, obviously. Uh, he plays a pivotal role there. But what did you think of Ken Shamrock beating the Godfather? I thought this was a, a pretty good match. I, I like how Kama started out aggressively. Uh, Shamrock executing a cross-body block. I think we always view him as more technical than MMA background. This shows you his athletic prowess. And I also like how the story they were telling, uh, Kama targeted the injured leg of Shamrock. I always love how you tell stories with the actual you know, injured parts of the anatomy and the world's most dangerous man always could transition beautifully into submission holds. That's something that I took notes of and Kama used his size, which made sense. He was the bigger guy, but Shamrock. Yeah. Wins by the ankle. Like what is he? Uh, six, six. I mean, really big guy. Huge. He's, big. He's like almost on a bigger size. Something I forgot to mention was after the match, dealer Brown runs down to, you know, attack Ken Shamrock, but, the NB7 makes a save, which is surprising with people because these guys were enemies in UFC back in the day. So we're seeing uh correct you know, my enemy is your enemy is my friend, you know, something like that, right? No, that's you depicted that so correctly because these guys there was no love loss, but they came together because they had that common adversary. So I, I think that's good storytelling. What'd mm-hmm. you think? I thought it was good. I mean, I didn't really care much about Dan Severn at the time because I didn't really, even now, he doesn't really have much of a personality, you know, with the black paint, with the black shorts, you know, black boots. You know, the only thing that I remember is he used to wear the shirt that was always wet. So, like, that's sort of what I think. Yeah, I think some kind of intimidation tactic is what he was trying to do, the mouth guard or mouthpiece. Yeah, that was what... If man was there, I'd be fired right now on the spot because I just, you know... No, but the good thing is Vince ain't here. We and we complimented Vince. Ah, yeah, we complimented McMahon. He, he's humanitarian like two of the year. Yeah, and he's still a humanitarian, even now being retired. So we we've showed our dedication to Mr. McMahon, but yet we we've enjoyed Triple H's, you know, his creative uh, genius as well. So mm-hmm. I think we get a pass. Well, speaking of passes, DX are a. Uh, downtown getting a pass in new york city and they're spreading news about SummerSlam 1998 the highway to house taking place at madison square garden and they saw dx talk uh, with new yorkers and the police and there's different moments that we see throughout throughout these segments they go over to like the asians and they talk you know you know to them inappropriately pakistan and then they go to the you know yeah it was a it was a moment. It was, it was, it was definitely 1998. But yeah, they couldn't get away with that now because the way Triple H they were doing the Pakistani accents to your point, and a lot of the Asian descendants, I was definitely you were. I was like, my eyes got big. I'm like, whoa, you could not do this now. 
It, it's incredible. Yeah. And and the women were just exposing themselves. I mean, because mm-hmm. DX was that over. I mean, now that yeah. that's a whole other level. I thought it was funny too that the police were in on it too. The police were like, "Fuck it, we're gonna play too." I know they're like, "Hey, we're just honorary members of DX," and I love the guy that just came randomly uh, from across the street, like, "Suck it." He was yelling at and they appreciated it. And, and they funny stuff like that. And, and then Road Dog, I didn't have it myself. It was a n- different segment, but he came in like a Braveheart film in a bar and goes, Freedom, you know, just randomly or something. I love it. it like, I like that they're using the, you know, outside people. And I do too. It, it makes it seem real. I mean, it brings some reality to it. Sure fucking does. All right. We have a next match as a tag match. Marvelous Mark Miro. With his main squeeze, Jacqueline and Jeff Jarrett with Tennessee Lee taking on Steve Blackman and Farouk. And uh, here are some quick notes there. Steve Blackman nails a spin kick to Jeff Jarrett. Um, Jeff Jarrett nails a Russian leg sweep and drop kick to Steve Blackman. Um, all four men brawl. And then Miro talks to Jacqueline on the apron. And Steve Blackman pushes Jeff Jarrett into Mark Miro. And Blackman rolls up Jarrett to get the win. So there's going to be some issues between Jarrett and Mero because they were pushed into each other. But a kind of interesting tag match, kind of just thrown in there. But what did you think of that? I thought for what it was, it was pretty good. I liked how what you were just saying, how they teased even the bad guys feuding with Jarrett and uh, Mero getting distracted by Jacqueline. And with all due respect, I'd, I'd be distracted if I saw Jacqueline myself. I, I can't blame him. And, you know, Mero's all about himself. He's... You know, it's all about the marvelous one, and, and that's what costs them. And I like how Blackman and Jarrett, their chemistry, how they wrestle, because Jarrett's more the old school kind of wrestler. Blackman's this martial artist. I like that whole uh, thing that they brought together. And it, it was just impressive. Uh, Double J, you know, has that more of the in-ring intellect, and he was able to outwit his oppositions. We we all know the powerhouse and, and this all-man that Farouk is, and – this match was for what it was, was pretty decent. I'm not going to say it was great or really good, but it was still pretty good. I would say. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. You know, it was a good you know place to put those wrestlers on the card. So. All right. I moving think right so. along. Uh, this is the moment you're talking about. DJ Rick show up in the bar at a New York city place and they, you know, freedom. I knew or... I didn't get ahead of myself. I, it was in one of the segments. Uh, oh, hello, lady, and I'm yawning again. Hello. Yawning's just all a part of the uh, the experience on the Uncensored Wrestling uh, Radio podcast. Is there radio in the title? Yeah, I see a lot of podcasts that has radio in it, and uh, that's what happened. So I'm laughing. It's like um, you ever see Cinderella from 1997? <laughs> Christopher Rubin, King Alexander, Maxwell Rubenstein, Nick Jeremiah. He has like a million fucking names, like his first name. I mean, that, that's the thing. We've got like a million names on, on our association, so it's bound to run through somehow or some way. Well, speaking of running through, DX, then also we see them walking an old lady across the street because, you know, God forbid she got run over by a car. That wouldn't be funny. I know, and, and that shows you just how, speaking of having good hearts and being just gentlemen, that is DX. That yeah. fits the description. Walking the old lady, and then what I love is the bar scenes, and then more of the ladies, you know, hey. Break it down. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We all do it for a D Generation X. They sure did. Uh, so this match is our next King of the Ring first round match. 
Owen Hart with an Asian Domination taking on Scorpio. Of course, an Asian are sent backstage. Owen dives to the outside and punches Scorpio. Uh, Scorpio then nails a kick to Owen's face eventually in the match. Owen nails a flying elbow drop and he gets a two count. Um, Scorpio nails a spinning heel kick, gets a two, and then a power bomb. Scorpio misses a moonsault and Owen nails a chop block. He attacks the knee and leg and Owen applies a sharpshooter and Owen Hart advances uh, to the King of the Ring qual- qualifying tournament, right? So now they have the qualifying matches to go into. This is really weird because they have the first round matches and then at the pay-per-view, they had the qualifying semi and then final. So it was kind of like this match got them in. It was a little bit different. Yeah. Know, the way they, they planned it. Uh, I thought the match was good. I, I like this version of Owen Hart. I think I've stated that before on here, Ant. And, you know, Scorpio just shows you everything. He's so effortless with uh, concerning his high-risk maneuvers and the moves he does. And Owen wrestles so uh, brilliantly and smart, like JR said. I kind of borrowed from one of uh, Jim Ross's lines on commentary. Hart took advantage, just like you were uh, aforementioning, that regarding uh, Scorpio's hurt uh, injured leg, however, and you know that sharpshooter, nobody does it better, uh, probably other than Brett, than Owen and the Hart family. So, just hey, Owen and Scorpio, I like them to uh, together. Uh, I mean, against each other, I thought they had a good match. I I really I I agree with you. I think that this is a good pairing because Scorpio is a high flyer. Owen's more of the technical guy, and you got to see both styles meshing well together. This was probably Scorpio's best match, you know, that they have had that he's been on at this point on Raw. Um, or I'm with you. I think because you had the right dance partners, you had yeah. Owen and Scorpio. And like you said, styles can clash sometimes and be for now to always turn out right. But these guys definitely got their stuff together. Well, speaking of getting it together, this guy doesn't. The Undertaker arrives backstage and he's on the hunt for Vince McMahon. He goes to his office. He can't find him. But we all are aware that Undertaker is in the building. Speaking of that, we have our next match. We have Chains yeah. taking on Puke, Darren Drozdov. Uh, here are some notes from this situation. Puke nails a drop kick. However, Chains nails a big boot. And Chains is getting the win after a Death Valley driver. However, after the match, the Undertaker comes down and he chokeslams Puke and Chains. He tosses them to the outside. Undertaker says, I want McMahon. Vince is seen on the Titantron backstage. And Undertaker walks backstage to find Vince. So, I mean, that kind of match is just a sort of throwaway match. But what do you think of that, Undertaker? The match was not actually bad between uh, Draws and Chains, who was Brian Lee, if you followed Smoky Mountain Wrestling. I mean, these guys did the best they could you, you know chains obviously has more of the experience you've got draws that look great i mean he's definitely an athlete and, and transition into wrestling through his training as you might imagine but undertaker was on a rampage and uh was after mcmahon and and to me a lot of these matches we're going to find out centered around that story that it taker is wanting to find mcmahon he wants some answers to whatever mm-hmm. questions they may be well we're going to, before we're going to talk a little bit about this, and then we're going to cover it after our break. DX come down to the ring, and you know, do their basic speech. You know, are you ready? Uh, Triple H says that DX has a little unfinished business with the nation. Um, however, Legion of Doom 2000 come out with Sunny. Animal says, Are you ready? 
He says, you got bigger problems than the nation. At Over the Edge, we beat DOA, and we want our title shot. And then Triple H says, what are you yelling about? You're going to have an aneurysm <laughs> because they're, you know, screaming. And then oh, DOA yeah. comes down, and eight ball says, we took it all. We are going to beat Nation, New Age Outlaws, and the DOA should get the title shot. Uh, DX then starts to discuss amongst themselves, and Triple H says, all of you can suck it. Uh that's and, what uh, I'm talking about. Yeah. Screw the fans. Yeah. Screw them. Commissioner Slaughter comes out and Slaughter says, LED DOA, after a long thought, both of you are the number one contenders. And I am ordering a triple threat match later on tonight. And this is the first ever triple threat tag match in WWE. Before you, we get your thoughts, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hear your thoughts about that. Go ahead. That sounds good. No, I, I can't wait to share my thoughts after the break. After the break, we'll be right back. Stay with us. And we are back. And we are still on June 8th, 1998. We're still alive and well. Um, how are you, Tyler? Are you doing we are. We've. I'm doing good. I've made it. I've survived June 8th of 1998. And I'm back in 2022. I've, I've done the uh, time travel. It's pretty hard. We live a very um a very busy lifestyle that we have to travel from uh, we do. I mean, people can understand. I think I've heard of a lot of folks having to uh resort to those kind of uh tactics. Yeah, very hard it's, to do. It's remarkable. But let's talk about that promo that we just saw before we went on break where usually DX pretty much tells LOD two thousand and DOA like suck it. None of you guys are going to get the title shot. They just don't care about uh, or have any respect or decency. That's DX for you, mm -hmm. but we all appreciate it. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a good way to have an entertaining segment to fill some time and to set up this match, to have Slaughter yeah. come out as the commissioner. There's really not much to tell. I mean, it, you explained it so well. I'm just going to yeah, you know, insert that much. Undertaker searches for Vince McMahon backstage, doesn't find him. We get a promo on Edge. Uh, these promos have been going on since April. Yeah, so we're we're getting closer to Edge coming, the arrival of the regular superstar, in case there's new uh, listeners, viewers who may not know 1998's when Edge was coming into the company. And Taker being furious, he took out some good catering, by the way. As much as I like Taker, that was a black tie catering event. He just wiped out all the chairs and tables. I mean, he's come on, pissed. that takes some money. That's he uh, he's really Vince, angry. Man. I know. And that, yeah, McMahon will bring out the worst thing. I mean, if your name's Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Undertaker, you're you're livid. You're getting the end of an era with it with uh Undertaker snap around the Vince McMahon. I know what I'm talking about, Tyler, but just keep going with me. So, no, I, I I follow you. You you know what you're talking about, you've got the skills. I'm I mean, I'm I don't care what anybody thinks. You are doing it. You're such a professional. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to live sure. up to your standards. I, I mean, I'm rocking out too. Hey, we're DXing all the way out. Yeah, we're we're doing we're doing the D Generation X uh, game. We are changing the game. Let me back up. Let me do better than that. Come on, game changers. Uh, we're bringing so the energy. We're bringing the heat. Bringing the Go heat. Ahead. We have our King of the Ring first round match between Mark Henry and Vader. Two big powerhouses going at it. Two and big old boys. 
to a big boy. As Vader starts trying to slam Henry, but he can't. Henry ends up slamming Vader, nails an elbow drop and a leg drop. Uh, Vader runs into Mark Henry, dropping him twice, and then Vader eventually body slams Henry. Henry hits a power slam, but then the Undertaker walks down to the ring, and he chokes. He being Undertaker choke slams Mark Henry and Vader. So none of these guys win um, because Undertaker gets involved. But what did you think of the match? I thought the match was interesting to have two guys this massive of size with Vader, Mark Henry. Trading the body shots was uh, a neat spot to see to open up the match early on, at least in the in the matchup. He slammed the Mastodon. That's what was kind of funny. They were calling Vader the Mastodon. Vince McMahon just had this thing about calling Big Van Vader the Mastodon. That's how we get him over. He's the Mastodon. Yeah, whether it's Vince, it's Road Warrior Hawk, or it's uh, Luna Vachon saying it. I, I love it. But Henry needed oh. to look awesome. He defeated Terry Funk because these guys are legends, so it helps establish him. That's the way I looked at it. The world's strongest man, you know, slam Vader. Vader is able to slam Mark Henry. And then, yeah, but the finish is we, we don't get one because Undertaker's still mad, so he doesn't care about Vader or Mark Henry. He's coming out here choke slamming everybody. It's just chaos, man. Nobody's going to win or lose a match, it seems. At least some of them. It's a complete clusterfuck nightmare with Undertaker, man. Undertaker's got to get put under control. He's got to find McMahon because he's just ruining all the... I really, I'm a Taker fan, but how many more choke slams do we need? Well, we have our next King of the Ring first round match. <laughs> Dan the B Severn taking on D'Lo Brown here. And uh, D'Lo nails a spinning heel kick. Uh, Dan goes for a German and he applies a bow and arrow hold and he gets the win. After the match, Owen Hart nails a spinning heel kick. And Shamrock runs down, and Owen runs away from Shamrock through the crowd. So this whole Severn Shamrock Owen Hart business is going to intermingle eventually, but it keeps building. It keeps building. What did you think about Dan winning and uh, Owen Hart attacking afterwards? I like D'Lo Brown a lot, and it reminds me of why I have a lot of affection for his wrestling style, for his attitude, his demeanor, his promo skills. He really was completely the real deal was D'Lo Brown and the whole uh, pairing with the Nation of Domination. He relied upon his quick offense. I was taking some quick notes. And Dan mm -hmm. the B Severin with his suplexes before Brock Lesnar, him and Shamrock were doing the Suplex City, the early versions. And throwing D'Lo around was impressive because D'Lo's a big boy himself. Yes, yep. And his stability involves mat wrestling, which is always nice because it gets back to its origins of the actual amateur wrestling style. And that bow and arrow, you just said it, what an innovative submission. The way Severn won the match. I like how Owens continuing the heat, so-called, with the fin after the finish, uh, attacking Severn, and then Shamrock chases him off because he's the heel. He, he's cowarding his way out. So we see him run through the crowd. And they're chasing that. That was a neat scene. That he's chasing him, man. He wants to get his hands on Owen Hart. You know, Owen tried to fuck him up. Yeah, I mean that Owen Hart's just dastardly. What he did to Severn. I mean, Shamrock don't like Severn, but he doesn't like what the nation and what Owen Hart's up to, and. Leave it to Owen, a master ribber, and he's he's even doing it in the ring. How dare he? He's uh, getting the personal life on TV. Speaking of personal life, we got a tribute video to Sable. 
because she's no longer with the WWE. I was very uh, saddened by this video. I had but tears I in my eyes. That... See her again on TV. And... I mean, we're never going to see Sable again, and, and that's a travesty. I want my money back. We're we're not going to see uh, Sable again. Yeah, but we I, saw I was, her every week. I was downtrodden. I'm going to use some fancier words. I was. Uh, I needed a Christmas song. I needed a Valentine's Day song. Not that I would ever have a shot. And now she's with Brock Lesnar, who I'm not going to make mad. Even Marrow, I wouldn't make mad. Actual boxer. Not to mention wrestler. But Sable, to me, just tugged on the heartstrings. I mean, I was like Jerry the King Lawler. I just always found her to just be not only attractive, but just a masterpiece. And I just... I was so sad. I just yeah. sound redundant, but that—that's some of the words. When you're emotional, you can't help but sound repetitive. Oh, oh, I'm getting tears. I need a John Deere letter. Right. Listen, Sable will be back soon, so don't worry. Uh, I, I sure hope so. Let Let's pray that it can bring her back. Please, please find some way. So we have Dustin Reynolds now taking on Val Venus. Different pairing here. Uh, Reynolds with the punch yeah, and backdrop. He clotheslines Val to the outside. He then sends Val into the steps. Val takes control with a back suplex. Uh, Dustin nails an atomic drop and then a clothesline again. Dustin with a flying clothesline gets two count and then he nails a bulldog. And Undertaker walks down and he chokeslams Val and Dustin. So again, uh, here no, we go again. Yeah, really no uh, winner here for this one. What'd you think? I thought it's a shame because another good match. I get why the Undertaker came back and attacked them at a choke slam. The uh, participants again, the wrestlers. I hate to say participants. That's not right, but you know what I'm talking about. Dustin is one of the great in-ring workers, even back in WCW, and he, he proved it here. I mean, he was starting to come into his own in his career, and Val Venus could work. Val Venus had a lot of talent and, and a very entertaining gimmick, and those ladies were smiling. They loved Val. When he was doing the towel thing and saying, hello, ladies, that's all That's all they need. Yeah, and ants doing the moves. I mean, oh, oh my man. goodness. Oh, wow. Whoa. I, I didn't think we were going to get this. This is uh, this is edgy. Speaking of edge, this is that's something. That's a normal. Uh, but, but, yeah, night. take her, you know. He, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a late Friday night. Oh, goodness. Where were we? I'm distracted. Right. No, right. take her. No. I, well, you, you did it. I, yeah, where was I? No, I'm just kidding. But take her keeps coming out and, and just attacking Reynolds and Venus. He was going by his actual name, Dustin Reynolds. That was Dusty Rhodes' real name. They were the Reynolds, not Goldust here. But whether it was Goldust or Reynolds, he was one of the best. And Val Venus proved he was more than a gimmick. The guy had the skills. So I thought the match was actually pretty good. I agree, man. It was a very good match. Undertaker kind of came in and ruined it. But, you know, he's pissed. Yeah, I'll leave it to Taker. He's angry. He's angry. Well, next we have our WWE tag team title on the line, the triple threat match. The champions, the New Age Outlaws with China, defending against LOD 2000 with Sonny and the DOA. And uh, we've seen Undertaker attacking Commissioner Slaughter backstage before the match. Um, Poor Sergeant Slaughter. He just can't catch a break. Fuck him. Uh, we see Triple H. Oh, come on. He's annoying. Uh, X-Pac. I love Sarge. Fuck him. X-Pac and Triple H. Uh, you're just doing that now to m just hack me off. Okay, you want Fuck you want to go, Slaughter? Oh, there he goes. One more time, I swear. No, I'm, I'm just teasing. No, I'm not. One more time. Uh, so, yeah, so pretty much, I don't know what's happening here. Triple H and Xbox sit on the stage with signs. Uh, April nails a big boot to Animal. 
Uh, DOA, the nail a double big boot to Road Dog. Gotta turn my paper over here. A uh, Hawk nails the suplex, but Skull gets up really quick. Road Dog nails a knee to the back of Skull's head. Skull hits a sidewalk slam to Road Dog and gets a two. Ammo with a flying shoulder tackle. I like how I'm looking over this way as I'm talking. Maybe I should. Well, I think it's great. Wait a minute, you disappeared for a minute. I, see, it is uncensored. It is. Where did Ann go? Where did where the did host of the program? Um, yeah. It's a okay, so I guess I'll look this way. Uh, so, yeah, Skull Nails. Is, yeah, okay, so Animal and Ball send Road Dog into Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn then pins Road Dog, who drops onto the floor, and the New Age Outlaws get the win. So basically, the way the ending of the match happens, Road Dog tags in Billy, Billy pins Road Dog, and they win. That was pretty well. It's pretty much just a show, uh, showcase, excuse me, what the teams could do. Uh, everybody got their offense in, but what a clever way to for the uh, New Age Outlaws to retain by Road Dog and Billy. You know, it was LOD and DOA thinking they had outwitted their opposition, but in fact, it was DX who outsmarted them, and it was Road Dog letting Billy Gun pin him, and they got the win and were able to get out of the match with the title. So it was actually. A unique way to finish a match. I liked it. Very unique. Uh, we see a lot of cops show up backstage. We then uh, have Al Snow. He talks to Jerry the King Lawler at ringside. Uh, however, the police show up and take Al away. Poor so, Al Snow. Can't catch a break. And, and the cops are finally tired of Undertaker. That's probably orders by Mr. McMahon. He, he's interfering in matches. He's threatening him. He's a humanitarian of the year award winner. So the police had, he had to make a, a very notable 911 call and he did. And speaking of Vince, Vince comes out with the stooges and the undertaker uh, is backstage as police surround him. So you allude to that. Uh, Stone Coast Steve Austin comes out with a tie and jean shorts and Vince says, thank you for joining us. Uh, we have 1986 New York Giant member George Martin. George Martin grabs a mic and says, thank you. Even though you sent us less and the second attempt to cash in um, your check, the children understand with your busy schedule that you can't see them um, in person, even though you're supposed to donate any of this money and we're really not even getting it. But Sure. My favorite wrestler is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Then we see Chicago Bears uh, former player Darnell Autry. He presents Vince at the Humanitarian Award. And Darnell says, I don't remember Vince giving us a check. And my favorite superstar is Stone Cold Steve Austin. So then uh, Vince says, your attempted humor precedes my generosity. I like to thank you. I humbly but deservedly accept the award tonight. I deserve such an accolade. Uh, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin takes money from Vince's pockets. And uh, he, uh, Stone Cold says, there's $1,200 on behalf of the tightest SOB in the world, Vince McMahon. Um, he, I'd like to give Stone Cold... Wait, hang on. Wait, my handwriting is really bad. He says... Oh, he's no, giving, don't worry. We're understanding. And then Stone Cold uh, pretty much... Uh, gives them that money, and then druids come out with a casket, and mankind attacks Uncle Steve Austin from behind. Kane appears from the casket, and uh, Kane helps mankind attack Stone Cold. Kane sends Stone Cold into the casket and stands on top of it. 
sending down Pyro. So this seems like a setup, in my opinion, by Vince. You know, the Undertaker can't get into the ring. Mankind and Kane are able to attack Austin. He invites Austin to join him. Why are you wearing yeah, Austin? Sounds fishy. Conspiracy. I, I think it is a setup. No, I, I think it is. I think it was brilliant by McMahon to do this because he finally won up. Again, you got to have certain weeks of the episodes of Raw for McMahon and his stooges, Briscoe and Patterson, to be able to one up the opposition. And the Undertaker became another enemy, an adversary. Or so they're, you know, telling that story. I, I, as a Cowboys fan, I don't care about the Giants or Bears, but I do respect these guys. I know they were great players. I was going to try to be comical, but notice how I was trying to have the good segue and uh, give them their accolades. I don't know much about them, so I wouldn't be able to. Uh... I, I, well, to be honest uh, and to say this respectfully, I, I don't either, and that's no knock. I, I just until hearing their names on Raw. Uh, but Vince McMahon, you said it. I mean, he was uh, using these big words, a wordsmith, and and really eloquent. I, I guess is how you would say it. I don't think I said it right, but you, you get what I'm saying. Eloquent. Yeah, that that was great. Uh, I, that's the Southern version. Uh, but I I think that Kane and and mankind coming, you know, from under the ring was uh, just clever, and uh, they closed the show like they needed to with kind of a cliffhanger, but not overdoing it. I mean, does that make sense? What, yeah. what would you say to that? I definitely think um, there it was like a cliffhanger because, you know, you're kind of left wondering, was this a setup? You know, Austin's attack. Why did Undertaker fight the police? I mean, he probably could have annihilated all of them. Yeah, because he would have probably won. I, I never got that, but they must have had some kind of supernatural power over, over him. Guess so. Um, yeah, I mean, because I now he's, I, I thought it was good. I'll actually I agree was... with you. I'm going to have to start and disagree and to keep it fun because, um, I'm a yes man and I, yeah. I don't like that. That's what the ladies that that's what Tyler says. Anytime a lady asks him to get laid. Um, so, uh, well, uh, you said it, not me. I mean, I, um, so here's hey. the thing. I think that that was a good ending to a pretty Basic raw, you could say. I mean, it was the really It wasn't right. one of my favorites. I didn't care for the whole black tie thing, if I'm being honest. I, I get it had to be unique, but I don't know. I, I just didn't feel it. I, I'm with you. I will concur. It just, I mean, there was some good angles still that were progressing, but and still pretty decent matches, but it was not one of the more memorable raws. And yeah. I realize you can't always have them like that. Kane looks like a dominant challenger, obviously. They want Kane to be the, this monster, this force, and he definitely is one. And uh, Yeah, he is that monster. Kane, they're building him correctly with the whole this, you know, record with the whole brother uh, line, and it's good in here with them in this match. We cannot have a show without Tyler's voice uh, changing towards there he is. Wait. Oh. Say hello, sir. <laughs> well, no, guys, is the end. At least Tyler's not much to say now after this. Part. Oh. No, I. Well, there we go. Hello. <laughs> that sounded like a lot of good. 
It was like, blah, 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 blah. Well, it was me. It was me speaking in language, I guess. There you go. It's it supernatural. You're back. Yeah, there's it. There's a supernatural language. That was funny. When did that come in? The la 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 or whatever. You're the reason why Undertaker was held backstage for so long. I was the um, puppet master. I was speaking that language, that evil druid yeah, language. I guess the so. cops must train him for McMahon. La, 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 la. So let's go over the couple of weeks ahead. <laughs> the couple of weeks ahead. We have Raw's War okay. coming from June 15th, 1998. That's episode 32. They're going to be live in San Antonio, Texas. Then episode 33 of Attitude Years. We have from June 22nd, 1998. Raw is going to be live in Austin, Texas. And then we have our special King of the Ring 1998 episode. They're live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And we wrap it up with Raw's War live in Cleveland, Ohio on June 29th, 1998. The summer of attitude, man, coming to a head. But I mean, I'm looking forward to all of that. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with attitude. Who doesn't love a little bit of attitude? We need a lot. Yeah, we need some attitude. You're exactly right. I promise to love you. And you got to sing some more. That That's popular by demand or popular demand. How do you say it? Um, it's in popular demand that people want to hear me sing, right? See, I've got to correct my own English. I, I can't. I can't even speak right. The teacher has left the building. The teacher never taught me, obviously. I guess oh, not. I guess I need to get fired. Well, no, we you did good. It's not a reflection on you. It's on me. It's uh, evidently I'm bilingual or something. I didn't realize I was uh, speaking a, a different language or something. That's funny. When I go back and listen, they'll go, okay, when did he become a, somebody else? He's in was, was that Pop a storyline? It was a lot of different characters. <laughs> it was Bob Shango. It was. I really like the cool move. I'll like do my own impersonations. Yeah. But I think that's that may catch on. We'll see more podcasters channeling the gimmicks, you know, like Warriors interviews. It'll be a bunch of mumbo jumbo nonsense that'll really connect. And then people will be more or less scratching their heads like, what's he talking about? I can't even that's understand him. Scary. Yeah. Well, it, it is scary. I mean, it is close to Halloween. Speaking of Halloween, you know, I want to do something kind of fun here since it is the actual. All right. Tyler, give us a scary movie recommendation. It doesn't necessarily have to be scary. It could be like, uh, you know, me like a family Halloween classic cartoon. Maybe it could be like a very scary movie. It could be something that maybe you could watch with your kids. Give us a movie that you recommend to watch this week for Halloween because, you know, Halloween's coming up. Yeah, so you, you're you're saying watch. though the the kids have to be with you? Or no, like, be... if you, I'm saying like, okay. that could be okay. any, like, any scope of how as long as it's Halloween, any scope is fine. It's kind of hard because I've not seen all the the classic Halloween movies, but I'm going to go back retro. Naturally, I think uh, anything Freddy Krueger still scares oh. me because yeah if i go to sleep i still get bothered even though that's back in the 80s yeah i, like I feel you. like a hand's gonna come after me in a bathtub or some oh. or some it yeah well the thing it's that's like, cool about it is um there's actually that whole sleep paralysis things where it's like you can kind of there's people who don't like get sort of like stuck in their nightmare and they don't wake up uh, no, I have heard that that was actually if you read the backstory Wes craven i think somewhere he had got the idea 
for the whole concept from that, from some actual real life. Not saying it was like Freddy Krueger, not going that extreme, but something to the effect, like you were mentioning. So you're dropping some, um, some, um, okay, cool. So now I'm right on the street. I'm going to drop a movie that is more family friendly and because it took place in 1980, Halloween Town, you know, watch oh, Halloween Town. Elm Street, be terrified. And then the next night, watch Halloween Town and be, you know, get the dude. There you go. Yeah, you get know? a contrast where you can be really scared and then it's kind of a, a good feel kind of scare. There you go. That's See exactly what really team is. we're making. And you never know. I may speak uh, German, Spanish next week. It may be a, a wrestling language. Who knows? Uh, obviously, I had some kind of uh, mishap there. It was Undertaker. He showed up. He he, he was scared of me. He he was he he was getting tired of us, you know, making fun of the the finishes yeah, and him ruining everything. That and that's what happened. Thought about the fact that he didn't attack the police. He's mad that we even went there, but well, oh, it's a uh, we okay. have killed it. Thank we we always do. We always do. Thank you all for listening. Um, it was a decent rob. Some stuff happened. It was interesting. It was interesting. Next week, I know a lot more is going to happen because we were on the road to King of the Ring Night Shiny. That is a crazy pay-per-view. Check out Nightmare on Elm Street. Check out Halloween Town. And uh, that's you it gotta for watch uh, Tyler, any last words, my friend? I just want to say thank you to Ann. It's always a fun good time to be on the Uncensored Wrestling Podcast to review the attitude years of the WWE and WWF then. And I want to plug the Rewind Wrestling Radio Podcast. There's the radio for you. Standing Strong with Waylon Myers, back when with uh, Danny and Tyler. Also, I've said this program. And uh, if there's any others, you know, hey, go check them out. I'll remember them next time. So that's a good thing about the next episode. But that's some of the ones you can go check out now. I have been so happy to. Uh, oh, wrestle uh, buddy! Oh gosh, I better yeah, mention them and buddy. geek buddy. Yeah, yeah, that's, and yeah. geek buddy. Their their sister oh, website oh, because they're. I'm gonna hire, yeah. I better plug them. Yeah. I better plug them. Yeah, I just thought about it. I'm glad I'm able to that Tyler that I can let. I don't want to say I can let, but I'm glad that Tyler has all these other connections and I'm wanting that he's able to uh, to leave me for a bit and do some other stuff as well. So definitely check out Tyler. Oh, thank you for that. And I'm glad man. to join you. I mean, because you're important. You're doing you you lot, put up though, with man. me. Yeah. Check well, him out. I appreciate it. Busy buddy. But all right, you guys be safe. Yes, definitely check out Tyler in all those formats. See y'all. Uh, and I'll be here. Yes. Bye. Peace, y'all.